Hey everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenue, benvenuti, willkommen. I want to say welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. We're wrapping up a decade of football right here, right now on the Red Card Report. And I'm like, I'm speechless. We have a lot to cover. But before I continue, let me bring in my co-host, Mayo and Mount Rui Pereira Jr., how you doing? I threw uh, in the junior too. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really like you're really forcing this this introduction, Joe. It's I like know. You're I'm coming in, out yeah. with with tons of energy, tons tons of enthusiasm. I'm, it's just like it's wow. Caffeine. I'm like I'm fired up. Really. Yeah, way too much coffee today, man. Uh, uh, do you want me to get started on that? Uh, no, like, no, no. I think we, you're gonna have to save it for another time. I think, you, I think you should save it for next year, Joe. Oh, hey, <laughs> next, next year, twenty twenty. No, but like caffeine is a wonderful, wonderful drug, but there are always side effects. Remember that. But we have a very special guest with us today to help us round out the decade, and that is our friend George Rodriguez. Hey, so I do apologize to you guys. Um, my sh- my voice is a little shit, but you got to bear with me. Um, there's a lot of screaming going on. No, no, no screaming. Not screaming at no. Leon. You sure? I was about to say that. I'm just disappointed at this point. I'm just like, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, what, what more can we do? How low can we go? <laughs> it's the worst It's the worst season in over 22 years, so it's been pretty bad. I know. Hey. It could be worse. It could be worse. It can always be worse, George. And but, I'm, I'm a Mil- This is a Milanista I telling know. you it could be worse. Just but, like my voice, it's fucking shit. It's part of my language. Part of your language? What? We, we swear on this podcast all the time. You no, and I love it. I love he, this shit. He is on fire right now. <laughs> I know. This is like <laughs> Joe, tons of energy over here. And, anyway. It's all that caffeine that he had. Um, six pounds worth. What was I going to say? But you're good to go, right, George? I am yep. good to go. Well, the, I've been like this before, so I'm perfectly fine. But before we continue, George, can you just give me a Mike Wazowski really quick? <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Automatic. Oh, this is going to be the best podcast ever. Oh, All right. So, um, like I said, we have so much to talk about. But this all started because you, George, you asked us this on Twitter. Like, what were your some of your favorite moments from the decade? What were your favorite jerseys? What would your 11s be for your respective teams? It was a really in-depth question. So we had the bright idea of just like making an episode about it. So why don't you start us off and give us your Lyon 11 for the decade? Just for the record, the Lyon the decade is going to be a lot of youngsters that most people will probably know. Um, because this decade was the decade where we got our new stadium. Uh-huh. Um, so it costs a lot of money. We didn't ask the public to get into the funding, so it came out of our president's pocket change. So many of our coaches relied on our youth academy to um, to fill the gap of what we had to, that we need available. So um, I'm just going to go right to it, starting off with the academy product, Anthony Lopsch, mm-hmm. um, the Portuguese goalkeeper. Um, I was very torn because we also had Hugo Lloris, the beginning part of the decade, and obviously that was when um, he was a part of the team that won the Coupe de France during that time frame. So it was a toss-up, but I went with Anthony Lopes because he was a lot. Um, he was there he's longer, been there longer, and he's well liked by the fans. And he's through and through. He, he is a Lyon, born and bred kind of person. Uh, left back is the Furlan Mendy. Okay. I think yep. for me, yep. he oh, was yeah. probably the best Hands left down. back that we had. Obviously, he was only there for about two seasons, and then Zidane Zidane decided to get him to Real Madrid. And look <laughs> what he's doing right now. He's doing a pretty decent job from what he's doing so far. Um, for the two center back pairings, you should probably know who these people are. Samuel Titi uh, yeah. and yeah, Dijon Lovren, the guy that played. That's right. He played in the beginning part. He wasn't the best at that time, right. but got more and more polished, and look what he did now. Now he has the Champions League under his belt, and, and, and he's done a phenomenal job for Croatia yeah, during the time. final appearance. Yep. Arguably one of the best center backs in the World Cup last year. Yeah. So. 
and my right back, I was very confused. It was very hard because there was a <laughs> lot of right backs. But I have to go for Rafa because he's been there the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he basically was in the team very fast. He learned French. He tried to integrate himself faster, and it was very good with the fans. So I put him as right back because he was pretty much good, and he was doing a lot of the crossing and d- Pretty much what he was a like right wing back almost in a sense and right. helped out with the attack. So I picked him over Anthony Revivier, but he was only there for a yeah, couple that, of seasons. That was a last minute change. I saw it, it was. Like, I was oh, like, I gotta, oh, change that. Um, I think the midfield is obviously uh Tingui and Domele. Yep, beast, we all know him. A beast. Yep. Um, you see him in Spurs, but he was basically was found from us, and that's how the world knew who he was with our performances. Um, another one is Corinton Toliso, another youth academy Toliso, product, yeah. who's now at Bayern Munich, who <laughs> really bossed that midfield and during the Europa League playoff, uh, not playoff, excuse me, the knockouts where we went to the semifinals. He was a key component in what caused us to go to the semifinals. Yeah. I guess the, the best game for him was against Roma at home. That was probably, to me, the best, if I, obviously, I'm a going venturing off. For one. The one game that I loved the most from Lyon. Obviously, the Champions League semifinals was great, but the Roma game coming back and winning 4-2 against Rudy Garcia's Yeah, Roma, Rudy Garcia, that's right. <laughs> mind yep. you, and that Lacazette goal, that, you have to see it. It was just phenomenal, and it was just great, but um, that's for another day. Um, the last midfielder I put is another Youth Academy product, uh, Maxime Gonalons. Um, he was a very much a, de- a defensive midfielder that helped um, the back line when he did it. Um, Funny story, he played for Roma too. <laughs> yes, for a short Afterward. time. Yeah, afterwards. And then now he's at Granada. Granada on loan, I yeah, think. Um, I believe so. So he's doing okay, but Granada's doing okay in the Definitely. La Liga right now. So he's doing pretty good. Um, the front three, I think, is kind of self explanatory. Nabil Fakir, yep. Memphis Depay, yep. and Alessandro Lacazette. Lacazette. Absolutely. Those yep. three, especially Lacazette and Fakir, was probably the two best forwards that we had in some time. And they were very close on winning the title the 14-15 season because those two were just linking up like there was no tomorrow. And they just were... The chemistry was just on there. Was that another PSG title that year, or was that... Uh, Barely. I think they got the title at the last day. Was it that took them Monaco, to the, yeah. too, right? No, the Monaco, Monaco was, was 2017. That was 2017. Okay. It was between us, Marseille, and PSG. It was just very, gotcha. like, every day, every every day, every yeah, game. Well, it must have been every day. Someone else was in first place. They were and working we, hard every day yes. to mess with each other, that's And for sure. basically, we were in first place for a good amount until the very end, where we kind of suffered against Khan, and then all oh, shit hit the fan, but that's besides the point. That was actually my first trip to Lyon was that year. Because I was expecting at the time uh, when I parade. made the purchase yeah. that they were going to win the title at home. So that's that's where it all started. And um, such. here we are. And I would say if you could do coach of the decade, it would be Remy Gard because he's the one that got us the trophies at that during that decade and helped launch a lot of the careers that we had in the starting eleven. Oh, I mean that's a, that is a respectable eleven when you look at all those names. Yeah. Just, they're it's fantastic a, players, and they're all from that youth. Well, most of them are from that youth academy. And to know that they spent zero money and they got several yeah. hundred yeah. million euros and for you know, just it, those it, players—that's something that you have to admire. Because nowadays, you need to splash the money in order to just basically compete for a Champions League spot. And Lyon were able to do what Tottenham kind of did over the years—you know, have a tight wallet. And just rely on the young players that you sign. Well, they had to re- rely on the young players that they signed. But Lyon, which is even more incredible, is they had to rely on the players that they blossomed from yeah. their youth academy. Yep. So that's that's even more impressive. A lot of success. A lot of success from. And look at the academy. names. Look at the names that Anthony came out Anthony Martial. Of there. Yep. Yep. Anthony Pogba. Martial. So. Pogba. Um, uh, Pogba no, was Pogba not was, Leon. No, it was Leon. 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 Benzema, yes. A while, Benzema, I was a while Benzema. ago. Okay, there we go. See, we, we I knew there was a big that. name out there, but um, Benzema. Benzema was it. Yep. So you made a mistake and we caught ourselves. That's, that's totally good. fine. Um, but that is, either any way you slice it, that's a that's a respectable 
11, especially for a decade. It wasn't easy because... Especially in a decade that's been dominated so much by PSG. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, George. That's when PSG's but. history started, so that's pretty much... Oh. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, the slap in the face He's of the PSG lying. fans. It's, I mean, it's, it started in the summer of 2011, I believe it is, when they started to get the um, ownership to go through. What's his name? Pierre from ESPN FC is going to be listening to this, and he's going to have he's going to have some words for you. I don't yeah, know his last name, but I feel like I'm going to do I'll do my eleven next. Everyone knows who my team is, um, and this has been a very I don't good know what decade. It's your team, Juventus. Okay, Juventus is my team, and it's been a very good decade for us. Uh, I'm going to go with a three-five-two formation because that was the formation that brought us a lot of success. To find um, success because you guys failed in the Champions League twice. That we still oh, it, God. you can't get there by being garbage. You know, it's very hard to get there, no matter what. And of course, we lose to the teams that have Messi on fire and Ronaldo on fire. Right. That, so, True. like, what what are you gonna what do? What else can you do? You're practically the underdogs in both matches. So yeah, it's, it, it's that's sometimes it that's sucks. that's the way the cookie crumbles. But um, regardless, we we had a stellar team mm-hmm. throughout the decade. So it, it was really hard to pick some of these players. Anyway, starting from goalkeeper, Gigi Buffon, no surprise there. Uh, I don't need to go into him. And for the defense, three center backs, Barzali, Bonucci, Chiellini. What more can I say about them? You mean the Italian national team back line? Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. It, yeah, that they, was they, even, they even flourished in 2012. Just like... That's how they got to the final. Yep. That's how they got the quarterfinal in 2016, too. So good. So, so good. Um, for right wing back, I have Licksteiner over Danny Alves. I know that, that might cause some controversy. I don't know. Um, but Danny Alves was only with us for one, one a season. Year. Yeah, one year. One he season. And the, the, of course, he we made to it to PSG. the Champions League. We made it to the Champions League final with him. Yep. But Licksteiner was also on the team then, too. Um, then we, I have Vidal. like oh, Such a good midfielder. Oh, my God. Wow, I'm surprised you don't have Marquisio in here. Did, I, I know. Ooh, yeah. I know that that's going to make... That is... Dude, yes. Juve Club. I already know pissed. Juve Club is going to be really pissed Francisco at me. Francisco is going to be pissed. Him, too. Uh, but look... This is it's hard when you're when you're picking the best eleven of of a decade and you have the midfield that we had. That was really hard. No, yeah, of course. Like, I I had to Tax. go with Vidal and Pirlo. I had to. That I'm not shitting on Marquisio on I love Marquisio, but oh, man. Pirlo dictated that midfield. Mm-hmm. Vidal did everything. Marquisio was the glue, man. He was the glue that held it together. But if oh, you, if you Joe. couldn't do what that midfield did without Vidal or Pirlo, Joe, I think you you know I'm not a Juventino, obviously, but I'm kind of like really shocked. I'm, I'm look, very shocked. I, I have a feeling it's hard. I'm, as a neutral, I'm having I'm a feeling shocked. that a lot of I think most Juventus fans are would not agree with this. I think. I don't know. I think they would disagree on the the, the Marquisio not That's being about it. Was, yeah. Everything else is pretty good, but here's what I think people get confused on. Marquisio was he was a fantastic player, yeah. great midfielder, but he was also a fan favorite, and I think that that is what people often misconstrue. So wait till it, you see my Milan. I, I know. Joe. It's, yeah, Stella. I I can't wait. <laughs> But anyway, to round out the uh, that five, well, no, not round it out yet. But I have Alexandro as the left wing back, mm-hmm. and he was the best left back that we've had this whole time. He's Spoiler really alert: good. He makes it on the list. He makes it on two lists on this episode. Oh, whoa, Alexandro! <laughs> I wonder what team he played for before. <laughs> um, and um, the set, I have a center attacking mid. I put DiBala there. DiBala ha- is is great. And yeah, sure, he had a slump season under Max Allegri when Ronaldo came in, and we were really trying to utilize him. But he still, he was so good, yeah. so good at playmaking. This is where I had a lot of trouble picking was the striker roles, the two front strikers. Uh, on, I'll I'll just say it right now: I didn't put Ronaldo in either slot mm-hmm. just because he's only been on the team for a year, year and a half. It makes it, sense. Yeah, he. But here's here's a mind blowing stat, and you can confirm this. He's still one of Juve's top goal scorers. Yeah, having only been on the team 
one season. Right. Just because of how quickly he's been it's pouring in goals. to the other ones that have been there for longer. And for yeah. right. And Ronaldo's there. And you could, even at the beginning of the decade, you could see the progression of strikers that we acquired. Like, they kept getting better and better. Ronaldo came at the very end of the decade, and he's like the, yeah. the pinnacle of the striking position. Mario Mandzukic. Yeah, like... We've had some really good strikers. So, anyway, to round out the, the two front men, I put Carlos Tevez and Gonzalo Higuain. You can't really... I can't... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick anyone I wouldn't else pick either. Right? Else. They were if, just really I think if good. Ronaldo had one more season, if he was you can sneak him in If there. he had one more season, absolutely, yeah. he would be there. He's definitely one if of the best players. It, Tevez was the early part of Juventus, and then Higuain was pretty much the latter part of the decade yeah Yeah. if you can think of it that way that's perfect yeah and they both they were both so So good my question to you is what would be the coach of the decade would it be allegri it would be be, uh, conte it would be allegri hands down yeah allegri i mean conte was good the way i look at the beginning of the decade too yes he was he was the one that he was the one that started the streak yep he started the streak he won three on the trot and then it was allegri with the rest five right five correct but um Conte was good at getting the team from A to B. Allegri got us from B to C, as in, like, he got us to the Champions Leagues and all that stuff. He and realized the ship. And can I ask beforehand, is that your coach for AC Milan? You're such an asshole. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's. See a spoiler alert. He's a good Allegri coach. He makes the list twice. He's a good coach, and it's not surprising. <laughs> he is a very good coach. I'm surprised no one has picked him up yet. I, I mean, yeah. he, I think he wants a year off. He wants a year off. He's learning English, so, so I think he's heading to the Premier League. And that is my Juventus all-time eleven. Like I said, that was I had to ostracize some really big names from that from that eleven. It was it was hard, but moving on, we have uh, Rui's two teams. Rui's so special; he gets two teams to, right. for for starting elevens. So, uh, which one do you want to do first, Rui? Do you want to do the the club of your heart or your the Italian club? Of my club? heart. Uh, well, you know, they're both clubs of my heart. I mean, you know, I, I love both these teams equally. You know, I, what if this you is how I explain off? it. You know, Porto, that's that's the eternal question. Porto was I know my what first you're team at. since I was a boy. That's where my family is from. So, well, outside of the Porto area. So, I guess that's the team that introduced me to the sport. Uh-huh. And then Milan kind of showed me to love the sport more like appreciate the sport more yeah. you know watching growing up because my uncle um is from italy bigger club and too. yep so and he grew up as a milanista and he's the one that showed me milan and all the great players and teams that they had and i fell in love watching them in the champions league a little so, bit of a rough so, decade for yes that club thank you but, joe no i'm not trying to do it so i'm not trying to make that. you feel well, bad it's kind of i'm just saying joe i was gonna get there I was going to start feeling bad when I was reading the names of the list and the he was reasons. just going to give you the overall summary. But now I'm, I'm oh, already so now, sad. Oh, I'm, I'm now, sad before I started reading the list. Is now, that why you have the All right, I'm going to start where it all began. Now the moderator's feeling like a piece of shit. Thank you for that, Rui. <laughs> That's why he brought his Prosecco for this reason. Right. That's right, man. Uh, th- that bottle is... The rest of it's for me now, thanks to you guys. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Sad so. Barney. Sad Barney <laughs> drinking. All right, so I'm going to start where it all began for me. Porto's team of the decade. Cool. I am going with uh, Casillas and Net. Started. I know people say Elton, but Casillas is just. No, Casillas oh, is a legend. Casillas is a legend. Not just that he's a legend. He's also a better goalkeeper than what Elton was at Porto. I think Porto uh, with with Elton, Porto was very accomplished. They won the Europa League. They won so many league titles and everything. But I think as a player, Casillas was just a better goalkeeper. So yeah, at right back, I am going with Danilo. Who is now Whoa. at Juventus? Um, now he was really good at Porto. The two center back duos. Well, one of them is Nicholas Otamendi. Oh my god! I know. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Mind blown. Like it's amazing that a lot of these players Nic- played for Porto. Yeah, Nicholas Otamendi. Um, the other one was really hard. The other one was really hard. There was. I'm gonna go with Ivan Marcano, who's just, eh, like he's just yeah, he's eh. a nice 81. In FIFA, FIFA rating, right. center back, Bali, but never. he was just there for. No. M- no, you're thinking of Mangala that went to Man City. Oh, but Mangala man. was only good for one year at Porto. Ivan Marcano was just a solid 
average center back that was there for a long time. Then he went to Roma for a season, and he came back this year to Porto. Uh, so I'm going to go with him because of his longevity. He's not the best center back that played for Porto, or the second best. It would be Pep, I would think. Right? Yeah, Pep and Militao. And I'm surprised he didn't put Pep. Mangalo was also I mean, really good. But he was on... What, when... Just, Pep. just like Pep. refresh my memory. When was Pep on Porto? Pep like? was bought by Real Madrid in two thousand and seven. Okay, so yeah, that's how way, long ago. Like a long time ago. Wrong decade, Joe. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I just needed a refresher. Yeah. So, um, left back, it was really hard because I would say in the was beginning, it? the beginning half of the uh, of the decade, Alexandro. Then the second half of the decade, Alex Telles. Both, both really, are really good. good. I'm still surprised Alex Telles is still on Porto. Yeah, you I, thought, I think he's one of the best left backs in the world. I would have thought that he would have been on Real Madrid or something. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Marcelo. Yeah. So um, I went with Alexandro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was just a little bit better than t- what Telles um, has given to Porto, even though Telles has been fantastic. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Alexandro. As he was on your list for Juventus, hard not to. My uh, three center midfielders will be Mutinho, uh, Daniel Pereira, and Hector Herrera. That's a good midfield. That's a good, that's a good midfield. The top three strikers that I have here, or th- top three forwards. I don't disagree with this. Then I, I have it. Hulk. Yep. Yep. I have James Rodriguez. Yep. yep, and I'm going with Jackson Martinez over Falcão because Falcão was only on the team for one year this decade. He did bring us a title. He brought us a yeah, treble. No, Falcão was dirty. Falcão was fantastic at That's Porto. Fantastic noticed. at at Atletico. Great, pretty, pretty damn good at at AS Monaco as well. Um, but I bit. had to go with Jackson Martinez because he was consistently good for a number of years. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. What happened to his career after after he left Porto? Because he was a rising superstar in the Portuguese league. He reminded me a lot of Lisandro Lopez from yes. the previous decade, who then went to Lyon and also scored a number of goals there. So he helped out. He was the game winning scorer for yep. Lyon in the Coupe de France. And I honestly thought after the four, the 2014 World Cup when Falcão was hurt, after that World Cup, you know, this is when Jackson Martinez was just really on the rise. I thought Colombia would be the next South American squad having this, yeah. this great this great potential. Good and point. unfortunately, he just died out. I believe he went to Atletico Madrid, played two or yeah. three years there. I think he missed Accurate. a year because of an injury. And then now he's in China. And then he was in China. I don't even know where he is now. Who he's knows? MIA. Oh, actually, I think he is in Portimonense, actually. He's in Portimonense and the Portuguese League. So this is where he is now. It all comes full circle. It's crazy what he could have been. So, um, but that's with a lot of players, though. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at, when you look at this team that I just gave, it kind of resembles a little bit of what you gave George because Porto is that team that that money ball team that produces these young players or just buys from them, South America cheap finds, and then that's gets what, them. That's the main difference. We go out. We have great we have great scouts that go into South America, find these hidden gems out of nowhere, bring them. And then just make sell. them into great players, sell them. So that now is, is it Andre Villas Boas or Sergio Conceição, so, your, your coach of the uh, decade? That's a good question. Yeah, so I, I would say it's Andre Villas Boas. I know he was only there for one season, but he brought us that treble with the Europa League, the league, and the uh, Taça yeah. de Portugal. Got to do that. And didn't it happen since Jose Mourinho with uh, the the Champions League winner in 2004. Right, exactly. And um, Sergio Conceição <laughs> has been up and down with us. A couple of years ago, his first season, he won- He brought us the title, the the league title, but he really messed up in the second half of the season last year. This year, he's not doing too well either. Um, he's a good coach, but uh, I think Vilas Boas was just really someone special. What other coaches did you guys have? I, did you guys have new something? I don't remember if he was in this decade. Okay. But uh, we had Lopetegui. He's the one. <laughs> yeah, Lopetegui. He wow. was the one that brought in Oliver Torres. So, um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. I'm going to go with, with Vilas Boas as the coach of the year, uh, the decade for Porto. Now, off to my Milan. I'm going to make this quick because I don't want to make this episode all about me, Joe. Uh, well, are you saying that that's what I'm Why doing? You, you have that, that face. Fine. You have that face. Like, hurry the hell up. No. Take Calma, Carayo, dude. You got to give a summary of what your team is. So, of course, you got to talk a little bit Give us some context about this Milan team. Like, what... We won a scudetto. 
You did. Did you guys win the cha- No, no, never mind. That was in 2010. You guys won the, you did. the Thanks, Champions George. League in the previous decade. Sorry. They did, but they did win a Scudetto in 2012. 2011. 2011. You oh, 2011. Won, you guys That's won right. in 2012. So I'm going to go to 433 formation for Milan, starting in goal. Uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, right back, uh, Lord Abate. <laughs> The center, <laughs> the center back duos, which I would love to see right now, is Alessio Romagnoli and Thiago Silva. Left back, I just threw in Decidio in there. Over Rodriguez? Yes. Over me? Uh, d- yeah, yeah, over Georgia? Over Georgia. Damn, that's low. I went with Decidio because there was one season where he was really good, and he made Serie A team of the year. Like I forget which year it was. But he was really good. I remember that. Yeah, one year for Milan, Mm -hmm. he got compared with Paolo Maldini. You remember that shit? You know, Paolo Maldini compared him to himself. That's oh wow! And he's the sporting director of our club. That's insane. Oh man! But I'm gonna go with the the midfield. Bonaventura can't can't ignore him. Seedorf. Kevin Prince Boateng. Like, this is how bad it's been for us this year. I'm going to have to go with Seedorf. Yeah. In the early part of the decade. Yeah. Seedorf wow. played three seasons in this decade. And then he also managed the team, and that went to shit. Yeah. And he was on... Un- good memory. And yeah. he... Yeah, he got fired for BS reasons. I think he should have stayed a little bit longer. I think it was really messed up. Well, I think he knew that he was just going to be a caretaker. Yeah. But, but regardless, so Seedorf? I'm gonna go, yeah. I'm, I'm that though. He did really well in 2012 against... Um, you know, we finished in second place to you guys. He played really well that year. Same with Nesta, even though they were out of their prime. Those were two players who were, you know, in their 30s, their I mid-30s, and they played well. I forgot that they were even on the team. Yeah, they were still there. Shit. I believe that was their last year together. I think it was. Because that's when Milan just broke apart. Yeah, and... after 2013, it was just bad, bad news. But um, my uh, three strikers are... My three forwards, I'm sorry. I keep saying strikers. That's yeah, all good. We three know forwards, what you mean. I'm going to go with um, El Sharawi, Ibrahimovic, and Suso. For the coach of the decade. I think it's easy. Max Allegri. Because yeah. he's the one that got you the trophy. Got us the trophy. Coach good coach. Milan. Gave us a good run in 2012. So, Yeah. Well, all positives there. All Except positives. The ownership. Yeah, if, like you can't blame that. the you can't blame the coach for no. There's Silvio Berlusconi, and then some Chinese ownership, and now it's a concoction Elliot, of everything. Elliot management. I can I can already tell you, George. We're probably going to have another Milan check in at some point this year. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely that's go definitely into, that'll that'll involve all of that stuff. Uh, let's do some of our best jerseys of the decade, shall we? Can we uh, yeah. What What are we guys thinking of? Well. For a Leon fan, I really, if you guys do, look it up. It is the 3D the 3D jersey. There we go. That's what yeah. I was trying to get at. There you the go. The 3D jersey from the 2012-2013 season. I looked that it up. That was their it is third cool. kit. And what's special about it is no one else that has an Adidas sponsor had this kind of jersey and it came with 3D glasses that you can use and see the 3D aspect of what that jersey was all about and I absolutely loved it it's not easy to find I found it I finally bought it I didn't care how much what it was I yeah. bought it and it's fantastic the other one for me there's a glow in the dark Leon jersey where literally the stripes of the jersey both on the shorts and in the jersey itself Glow in the dark. Yeah, that's Joe, that's cool. like a Star Wars themed jersey. I think you would like that very much. <laughs> Funny, yeah. No, but those two are th- those are the two that my Leon jerseys would come to mind out of that decade. Yeah. I have looked them both shows. up. I looked them both up. They are cool, and you are right. They are hard to find. I don't even know if you can. It's, you'd have to it's do some deep diving. You have to like look at classicfootballshirts.co.uk or eBay. Uh, there's always China. You can always just try and find See, it in China. I don't trust those from China no, because I, I you blame never you. know. I don't blame you. That's why I go for those because you know that they're realistic. But what about you? Rui? Give me some of yours. Um, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little biased here. What? Portugal 2012 away. It's a nice jersey. It's a really nice jersey. It's a white kit with the cross. Half the cross is red. Yeah. The other half yep. is green. So, so I thought it was a really, nice jersey. Really you can cool also jersey. Make the argument that was very similar to that of the 2018 away jersey for Portugal. That was straight flames. Yeah, that one's nice too. The World Cup. Oh yeah, World yeah. Cup jersey, the white one. Yep. That one was I really nice. That one, yeah. Um, 
I guess basically any kind of Boca Juniors and River Plate jerseys. That, I, I, I feel put like that they, down there. they consistently make good jerseys all the time. They really do. You can go through any anyone from the decade, so, and they look good. Yeah, every single year. It's just, but River Plate's always that. Yeah, slash. no, it's I always love, a, honestly, it's I don't always like, a slash. It's always I don't like River slash. Plate. I don't like River Plate at all, but I like their jerseys a lot. They always look good. Yeah, even even like the one Boca Juniors jersey that I would buy would be the De Rossi one this from year, this, 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 this year. This year's Boca jerseys are fire. They're really nice, but they always look good. Anytime. Are there any other ones that you can think of? I no. I I think I'm. Well, I'm wearing Portus. You're wearing 120th, Portus. Twentieth um, anniversary jersey. It's from 2013. It's yes, we are that old. It's a nice. It's classic. It's very crisp. It's a very classic blue and white striped shirt. I like but it. It's got a little bit of a gold trim. And the the look, Nike the logo is trimmed. Is a really gold. neutral color in my opinion, as well as silver. So it really yeah. does make everything complimentary. It does look good. And on the total opposite end of the spectrum, we have the Nigeria 2018 World Cup jerseys. Those loud. Me, they're loud, loud, but they're very cool. popular, and they are straight flames. Even they though we cool. never and were able to get it. That was that jersey like was just amazing. Things, if they were like a Puma fit, they could be like a superhero's costume too. <laughs> yeah, I could. No, yeah, it, it, but they're I get really. That. I'm not really into like these kind of like flamboyant, loud jerseys. But this one is a cool. good loud. It's it, a good this loud. One's really cool. It kind of reminded me of like you. You remember the Juve um, Palace collaboration this past year? The mm. one that I showed you. The, like with the, the one neon with the lettering, yeah. it's kind of it reminded me of that. Yeah, just like that loud color palette with neon. That jersey would be fire if they had gold lettering instead yeah, of the neon. I, I know that would be absolute. I oh, I can only imagine yeah. they all sold out anyway. I couldn't get my hands on that one, but if I had to pick a, a jersey, it would be the one that I'm wearing currently. It's the pink pink Juventus jersey, not the one with the black star on it. It's Pink, white, and with a little bit of black on there. I think that this is from the. If I had to, I'm the trying Skittles to remember. Theme. <laughs> yeah, the Skittles theme. Uh, you're just, that like just the, that's the tropical package, right? Get out of here with that. But it, I'll say it's the one that everyone has seen Drake wear. Yes, yeah. Drake has worn this jersey and cast a uh, curse on and, it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we, I think we did make it to the Champions League final with this jersey. Yeah, it was just about was it the, yeah, it was that. Yeah, I think year. it I think it was this year if not it was the year before <laughs> where you and guys I was bottled like, in the Europa League to Benfica. No, no, it wasn't that no, year. No, that was early was in the decade. That, that was also that was also Conte who was the coach then. Oh, yes. So like of course that was how lost to Juventus that time. I think it was in the round but, of uh, Let's not go through all the failures because the there were plenty of successes this year. Anyway, moving on, um, and this this is where we're getting to the the real the meat of this whole decade thing. We're going through players, club, uh, a bunch of other stuff. So, overrated players of the decade. Who comes to your mind? I'm going to go to George first. The first player that comes to my mind is Neymar. That and is, yes. No, that is that, so I agree. And I the agree. reason why is because of what he did in the latter end of the decade. Obviously, he wasn't well-known in the beginning part because he played for Santos, so he was only well-known in YouTube. So once he came over, he was pretty good. And obviously, Barcelona's well-oiled machines, so they were pretty much disciplined. But once he made that, quote-unquote, move from... Barca to PSG, for me, he went downhill. And the reason why I say he's overrated is because when the team needed him the most at the key moments, he never showed up or he was quote-unquote injured at the worst timing during his sister's birthday parties um, or just rolling around. He became a meme or a yep. gift or or a Neymar challenge. Who remembers that where you had yeah. to fall on the floor and Post roll around Cup. for three or four times pretending you're injured. That's, that's, it's not a good thing to have a challenge named after you. It's not a good sign. So for me, it's because the latter part of this, the decade is the reason why he's overhyped. Uh, excuse me, overrated in this case. Okay. Um, I, right. do, I, I hate I'll Neymar, let you. I'll let you speak your piece. And I'm going to piece. defend him then because I'm, I like to call myself a realist. Sometimes I'm not, but I'm going to defend him because I don't think anyone 
that has scored 60 goals and assisted in 35 um, assisted 35 goals in 70 games can ever be called overrated. There's, for what Barcelona? No, this is for this is for PSG. In 70 games, in two 60 years, goals, 70 games. Yeah, okay, I understand. All right, he was hurt, but every time he steps on the pitch, he makes an impact. And I'm going to disagree with you on that in big games he doesn't show up because let's say before, like right before he went to PSG, Barcelona were down huge against PSG. against PSG in the Champions League. And who was the guy that, that took them out of the hole? It wasn't Messi because typical Messi doesn't show up in big games. It was <laughs> Neymar. Ooh, that's a bold statement. It was Neymar. Yeah, Messi scored a goal, but it was a penalty. But Neymar was the one that started it. It was his goal, his clutch free kick goal that Messi didn't take, is what started the comeback. And he was unstoppable in that game in the second half. But also, that same game is the reason why Neymar wanted to leave because it was everything was all about Messi, not about him. And he wanted to be the star attraction. Yeah, I, he wanted to be the star attraction. Right, right. And I, look what happened. He got banned um, several games for punching someone at a, a French Cup final. Right. Okay. He got banned um, for a certain amount of games, I think, for talking about the ref or talking smack. He got, what is it? He was out for several months. And I, excuse me, I'm going to backtrack here. And during the, the time of this past summer, he wanted to leave, and he did everything in his power to try to leave, but PSG didn't do it. And then the ultra, he never forgave the ultras for what happened. He never apologized to them. All right. Well, uh, okay. Obviously, that's, fine. that's bad. That's but it's just his image at the end of the decade is what made him overrated for what he has done. And I think the image is a little bit different. I think, in terms of quality. And performance and what you bring to the club. Every time he stepped on the pitch for PSG, he's done very well. His stats don't lie. So, all right, what team in the world would say if they could sign Neymar on a free, for example, what team would say no? Yeah, that's a good question. People, that phone won't stop ringing. There's not a single team that will on this planet that will say no to Neymar. I still believe what you said would earlier. You take, would you take him? Would you take him at Lyon? If it's affordable, maybe. If you could Probably get you him, won't be, but. you would. Any club in the world will take him. It's true. Juventus will take him. Yes. Real Madrid will take him. PSG would love to keep him. Um, Bayern, Borussia Dortmund, Manchester City, any team will take this kid. Yeah. Because talently, talent-wise... He's top three, top four. I just in think the world. his surroundings and who's with is what causing him to probably that's probably. It. But I think still statistically wise, he's still giving a lot. Can you really say that someone that scores sixty goals and assists thirty five in seventy games is bad? Well, maybe I'm misconstruing. Uh, overrated. With maybe hate. we expected him to do more. Maybe well, we didn't. We I expected him to I be would. healthier. Sure, well, it's I definitely still, would. Would you still call that overrated for his talent? I would expect, Especially I would expect more. for the right. price that the PSG gave. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it should have been more. But for PSG, that sale was worth every single cent. They got every money back from the jersey sales from that the they ju- got. And now look and at exposure. the bro- now look at the uh, the broadcasting contracts that they're going to re- uh, that PS all yeah, league on is going to receive. All the clubs are going to make more money now simply because. Of Neymar, it's a brand. It's an industry, kind of like the Ronaldo effect. It's the, the Ronaldo effect, effect that you've perfect example. But Ronaldo effect at Real Madrid, same thing. But he's still never going to win a Ballon d'Or. He I, won't. He won't. I said this like about a year ago. I know ago, you did, and I will and never forget it because it makes total it makes sense. Total sense. He will never win. And I think, I think Mbappe is going to surpass him as I think, the yeah, face he's of the gonna, franchise eventually. hundred percent. It's, oh, it's already starting. Yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole here. Is uh, who else? Who else is overrated in our, in our eyes? That's what. Bale. That's who Bale. I was going to say, George. Sorry. I was going to say. Yeah, I, I totally Bale. agree. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, Bale. Christian Bale. For what he was, <laughs> he was what, 100 million euros? Well, Batman's in the studio. He's talking yeah, right now. He's I been know. injured more. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Christian Bale. 
No. Sorry, George. <laughs> sorry, George. I had to. I do didn't it. hear it. I was waiting. I was waiting for some for some moment oh, for me to throw gosh. up that roast. I had to. <laughs> Shots being fired everywhere. Sometimes they just. Sometimes just they hit. Sometimes they go over your head. It went over my head because I had no idea what he was saying. It so took you guys a few seconds to pick that one up. No, he did. I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> uh, but for what he was worth, he was what, 100 million euros. Yeah. And he's been out more injured than he's been playing. Yeah, practically. Only in the big moments. He's had obviously. Some, he's had big some moments, moments. He steps up. Yep. But outside of that, he rather play golf. Yeah, instead. I think he had like probably a combined total of two really good seasons at Real Madrid. And it was and the he's first had a lot of great moments, though. Yeah. He's, had, some, he's yep. had good moments, but overall, like with Neymar, that's, we that's expect, overrated. See, we expect so much more. But, but I, also, he yeah. doesn't even speak Spanish speak, after how many yes, seasons. We've said at it constantly. This point, you should know at least he can't even go to Spanish. He can't even go to the cafe and order a cafe. You can't. That's sad. When you've been there for six years, it, I don't know if it's like the English mindset that they don't want to learn another language. I mean, but yeah. literally, at least take some effort. No, yeah. here's it. Take some I mean, that's, effort it's the same and learn a language. Here. Because otherwise, sort of, you're not yeah. going to get the well, same. Well, I mean, us three are excluded. We're because all bilingual. We're, we're all bilingual. Bilingual, but, yeah. So. But but we see it here too. Anyway, I think the biggest the biggest factor for me, including him in this, is that after Cristiano Ronaldo left. Oh, here we go. Good. Yep. After Cristiano Ronaldo left, a he lot of people slack. expected him to fill that hole, and he couldn't. Yep. I mean, sure, it's big shoes to fill, but when you have the talent that we all know he has, he didn't accomplish. No, but not not even half. They got knocked out by not Ajax, even half. and a lot a team had to of youngsters at home. At home, and too. also, if we all remember that game, the, the I believe it was, yeah, it was the second leg. The yeah, one that they yep. yeah they lost. Right, that guy had so many opportunities to freaking score. Yeah, he did. When the game was tied, it was also the same game where Ramos was like, "I'm going to take a yellow. We're going to go through to the next round." Yeah. Nope, yep. nope. Clown. And that's when the shit end of the stick happened, and that's when the downfall happened before Zizou yep. came back and be like, I told you so. He pretty much left because he knew, he knew that shit was going down the drain. Yep. He probably knew Ronaldo wanted to leave. He knew, No, he knew he, he, wanted, knew to he, wanted, to he wanted to leave. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to leave too. I want to keep my... Um, keep my... Not to keep myself intact. Uh, keep my legacy intact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came back, and now look... He's he's starting he's, to now it's build so, Real it Madrid are starting again. to pick it up now. So, yeah. yeah, starting to. But we'll see. But I want to mention one guy on the uh, on the overrated. Real players. quick, I'm just gonna give a quick explanation. Gerard Piquet. Now before Thank everyone you. everyone Thank loses God. their mind, before everyone loses their mind, I can see Gerard that for the Piquet half. is a good center back. That's a fabulous he is wife. A good center back. Yeah. Oh, fabulous wife. Oh, fox of a wife. Yeah, Holy no. shit. Shakira. That, for those that don't know, it's Shakira. I think we should. I think Piquet should have at least one below the oar because of that. Pull that off. Come on. True. Ronaldo can do Actually, it. That is that's good. That is yes, very fair point. But outside of that, I think PK is a. I think he's a very good center back. But I think the surrounding cast that he had on all of his teams were world is class. What were world class? Ramos on Spain, Julio at Barcelona. Okay. Um, and then the rest of the Busquets. the rest of the squad. You know, Busquets. Xavi Iniesta, and then when you go to um, when you're talking about Spain, you also have Xavi Alonso. It, it, basically, the Spanish national team was a combined Real Madrid and Barcelona mix of both of those teams. True. Okay, with a smattering of some of the they would have won squads. everything without PK. Maybe not in 2015. I think PK held his ground. He was really good. I think he was Barca's best defender that year. But outside. The rest of his career, what made him "quote unquote" great? I think all the teams that he w- he was on, I think they could have won without him. Yeah, Barcelona couldn't win in 2011 and 2009 without uh, Puyol. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, that's that, a good point, and but also that's what makes him overrated. If they didn't have Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets for those two, oh, they're done. It would have been yeah, and that too. Yeah, so but it, you're right. But that's what that that is a classic example of an overrated player, though. Yeah, he's 
he's overrated. Could that team win without this is, him? This is yes. the thing. People say he's like one of the greatest defenders ever. Absolutely no. not. Puyol is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Agree with that. If I, I were to go, if I wanted to just, sometimes I have to like revert to FIFA and pass or something just to like kind of. It gives you, a, it gives you an idea sometimes. Give you, give everyone an idea what I'm trying to say. People say he's like a 90. Ah, uh, no. no. 87. Uh, 85. Is fair. And I'm being nice 86, right there. 87, I would say 85. 85. I think 86, 87 is a really good rating. It is yes. a really good That's rating. That's what I would give PK throughout his entire career. That's would it. you throw in, obviously we're talking about this, would you say Vincent Company is better than Yes. Than Absolutely, PK? yep. Mm-hmm. John Terry? Yes. They're better John defenders. Yeah. They John are Terry. better defenders, yeah. 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 Definitely. John Terry's one of the agree. best defenders I've ever seen. Well, Definitely I meant one of the decade, best. this decade-wise. He's regarded as the best center back in, For in England, EPL. In England, And it's yeah. true. He was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was. Despite the uh, I mean, looming controversies we all know. Wayne Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is garbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a hell of an We're episode. Not, uh, we We're can't, we can't go down right. that again. But just no. to end my... my this I know. Part, I we segment, all agree with you. I think I think he is great, very good player, very good player. But he's just talking about too much. Can we also make an um, honorable mention for Mesut overrated? Ozil. Shit, but I, yes, uh, because uh, what he has done for Arsenal. Oh shit, was shit. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was good he for was, Real Madrid. He was really good at Real he Madrid. He was good at Real Madrid. But what he did at Arsenal. I think his ego, the, yeah. his ego got the best of him. The ego got the best and of him. And obviously yeah. at that yeah, time, Arsenal paid a lot of money for him. Honorable mention, yeah. Mesut Ozil, you get yeah. our honorable mention for overrated I think that's player a good of the decade. Honorable yeah, that's, mention. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a fair one. Fair. Would you, well, Who else? Why, another name come to your mind? <sighs> the only thing was Paul Pogba, but that was during Manchester United's years. Mm. But during Juve, he was actually yeah, pretty he good. Was, he, he was really good. good at Juve. No, but ignore that part. I was just thinking. Actually, that's a good honorable mention. I'm going to throw that one into the honorable mentions, and I think that's Eddie's going to appreciate this one. I forgot you didn't even put him in your. Sorry. No, I didn't. I know I'm going to get a ton of backlash anyway. So uh, I'm going to make fine. sure Juve Club listens to this. Anto. Oh, dude, he. I guarantee you. He's I think Francisco. We got to get Francisco in there because he loves. I know he loves. loves everyone Juve. loves Marquisio. I love Marquisio too. I've made this argument before. I'm not going to get into this. Sammy Cadira. And you stop. No, we're not talking about th- that. <laughs> oh, merda. actually, uh, throw him honorable mention. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now we're done. Now we're we're done. done. On to the we're next done. segment. On to please. the next segment. Sorry, we just got a little backtrack. Okay, we were just thinking on the top of the head. Kadira, overrated player. Merda. Anyway, club of the decade. Ooh. Give me some club of the decade criteria. Real Madrid. We we know we already we all know uh, it's got to be Real Madrid. It's between Real Madrid or Barcelona, honestly. And I'm going to pick Real Madrid. So Real Madrid, George, what do you got? Um, I say Real Madrid. I think you, you don't. You, the fact of the matter is, you went a hundred points against Pep Guardiola's Barcelona early part of the decade. Yep. And not only that, you achieved La Decima. And then you also achieve something that has never been achieved going back to back to back Champions League. It's never easy to win a Champions League first. Not even easier yep. to go back to back or even we three times. Seen it since the we 70s. haven't seen it. Yeah. So for me, it has to be Real Madrid, but a close second has to be Barcelona. Yeah, it was, this was definitely the decade of La Liga. Absolutely. I said it before. Spain in general, because even in Europa League, Sevilla won Cup. five times. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Sevilla won five. Five, four, four, four or five. Atletico, like I think, won twice because yep. Falcon did in 2012. Atletico Madrid did it against Marseille in Lyon uh, the latter part of the decade. I think yeah. 2018. Don't worry about it. won a handful. Yeah. So, yep. so and at an international level, they the beginning, I'm saying just this decade, but they had two back-to-back Euros and the World Cup. Yep. So yep. 2010 World Cup, 2012 Euro. For this, I think you the have first to say, half it's was a, Spain. This was Spain's de- the, in general. This is where this I was, was Spain's decade. This is where I, like I, I was getting at how special like the Barcelona Real Madrid teams and just like the whole in the El Clasico during that time. Oh my were, god! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The mind games of Pep and Mourinho, and Mourinho going back, and going back whoever's and Real Madrid, that was whoever's chess. coach that was, was chess match. Chess fantastic. So yeah, that was. It, that was the club of the decade, Real Madrid. That just leaves the international team of the decade. That was obviously Spain. Spain. 
This was Spain's decade. Um, anyway, who who wants to give the red card report decade best? Do you who do you want me to do it? Or yeah, do you want to do? You it? know what, Joe? Take it away, man. Okay, so Rui and I came up with this list of the red card reports decade best. It it took. Starting eleven. This is a starting eleven. Dave, it's it's not easy, guys. It's really to choose not. a decade worth of players. It's never easy. <laughs> so God bless you guys for trying to do this because I try to do it myself, and it was not easy. I had to research it for a couple hours. So. Naturally, it's um, a lot of players from the same clubs. So, but bear with us. This is our starting eleven: Buffon and goal. Okay. Danny Alves, right back. Two center backs. Chiellini and Ramos. Um, Marcelo at the left back. Moving on to the midfield. Iniesta, Modric, and Xavi. That's a dynamite midfield right there. Um, and now the this... Uh, anybody would kill for this strike force right here. Ronaldo, Lewandowski, and Messi. I would love to see Ronaldo and Messi play on the same that team. That would be awesome. Dude. I would just want to see what they would be. Milan. Not going to happen, but you can dream. Everyone can dream, right? I'm playing FIFA tonight. <laughs> George, do you want to give us your 11? Well, your your, your um, decade 11? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's, there's some similarities, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. I put it from my goalkeeper, Manuel Neuer. Okay. Um, just because of the, the transformation that he did from the beginning of the decade. Not only that, he won a World Cup. That's he won fair. a Champions League with yep. Bayern Munich. Um, right back, Philip Lahm. Okay. I feel like he did, yeah. he, without him in Germany or without him in Bayern Munich, they would have yeah. not been as good as it sure. was. Joe and I were debating whether or not to choose Lahm or, or Alves. I'm actually going to lie. I did a last second change in my head. Um, I'm going to put Sergio Ramos, which we all agree. I'm going to put um, Vincent Company. Oh, so wow. That, yeah. Just because what he did for Manchester City in yeah. all those years and how he managed the back line, um, it was either between that or PK, but then I realized PK wasn't really that good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My left back would be Marcelo. Um, my midfield would be all of Barcelona. <laughs> Xavi and Inessa Busquets. I think we can, we can forgive that, you for that. Yeah. That, okay. that yeah. literally, yeah, no, that's... I would take Busquets over Modric okay. any day of the week. Sure. Um, and my front three is Messi, Ronaldo, and Lewandowski. Who's your coach? Because that's um, who I'm going to get to next. You know, I put Jurgen Klopp because as a decade, he took a Borussia Dortmund team to a final, carried them, beat Real Madrid. No. Yeah. No, was it Real Madrid yep. in the semifinals? Okay. And Bayern beat Barcelona. Yep. And then taking Bayern Munich... Um, two titles away from him early in the decade, which is never an easy task, knowing that he had a very limited budget and he actually won the Bundesliga titles. And then, obviously, took a couple, I think, a year off afterwards. Or a something years, like that. Something, and then went to Liverpool and transformed that club to what it is today, which is a yep. well-oiled machine that can win stuff. Yeah. Took him to win a Champions League. Back-to-back back finals, excuse me, back-to-back back finals, but won it. But now he's also won the Club World Cup, which Liverpool never won. Now, And now he's on the cusp of winning their first ever Premier League title. Mm-hmm. And for those Liverpool fans, they'll never. They'll, they'll, they'll take him over Rafa Benitez as the best coach that they have ever coached oh, God, in I, Liverpool. God, I hate that club. Oh, can't but stand this. You can't argue. I can't what argue. He it. Did. No, no, it no, transformed it from what it was earlier in that decade, which is Klopp a bunch. I think Klopp's a great he's a pick. great coach. Great pick. <laughs> Joe, not you, not our pick though. Not our pick. We but picked the way Joe just like uh, Joe uh, George just put everything out there. It's like uh, maybe he is. But Joe, give us the give everyone what we have for coach of the decade. You got to go with Vincente Del Bosque the Spanish national team coach just because it, and I'll say I'll I'll make this brief him and Pep combined kind of gave us this explosion of an attack minded football that we just haven't we've never seen before mm-hmm. the tiki taka the false nines none of it really was played until both of those coaches really utilized those systems and had immense success. Yeah. Not to mention all of the players 
that Vincente Del Bosque had on his teams that just clicked and were all in their prime at the same time. Two Euros in a World Cup? Dude, yeah, like, that's never easy. I don't know if we're ever going to see something like that again. Yeah, and sometimes when you have when you have a team full of superstars, that's what the Spanish international team was. Sometimes it's not easy to have all these players on the right. pitch at the same time, especially and actually, during the time of the year. Of the yeah, year. towards towards, towards that the end time, of the year, that yeah. decade where it was Real Madrid and Barcelona. It wasn't like it is now. Exactly, it was friendly. It was hatred amongst each other, and they had to find a way to gel PK and, right, to PK do and it. Ramos hate each other, but they somehow s- still work together. They still made it work They did it for the greater good of the country. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it, that's not an easy task to do, and sometimes it's it's just motivating your players <clears throat> and just talking to them and, and getting it into their heads that, listen, we're not playing in La Liga, we're playing for the country, so let's get together. And that's not an easy task. We've seen national teams crumble Talented national teams. Argentina is a great example, and it doesn't work out. So being able to just man manage all these players is just an all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the uh, the captain Casillas? Yes, he was, and he was well respected by everybody. So he helped. He was one of the key factors of getting that gel together. Yeah, and getting that to to work. But just he he is our coach of the decade for all of that. And um, moving on to our player of the decade. God, Messi FC is going to hate us for this one. Sweet. Not a surprise. It's Cristiano Ronaldo, I agree player with of the decade. Four Champions Leagues, two international titles, countless and countless trophies. Was it four Ballon d'Ors this decade? Serie A, La Liga, Copa del Rey. He got every, All trophy, every trophy that he that possibly he could think of. Yep, Everything. And not to mention and amazing the, goals. Let's face it, when he was captain, his leadership on the pitch for Portugal was incredible. like incredible. When, you would think this big ego would not... No, this guy really knew how to take the captaincy and took it, it with he heart. Hurt we saw it when he and he was on the sidelines coaching alongside Fernando, uh, Fernando Santos. So that just showed how much... How much of a leader he really is. He can be a great manager when he retires. He yeah, could be. I mean, he's talking about being an actor, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna re- no, honestly, he he has said that. Um, I remember him saying that. Just yes. one closing comment. I, I feel like there's something I need to admit. Okay, and that was I remember there was a period of time where I absolutely hated Cristiano Ronaldo's guts. I really did. I thought that he was immature. June I hated of the way that he. I I thought that he. <laughs> was just like a, a little crybaby little bitch. But no. That I don't know when it clicked in my head and when he went I, to Juventus. No, honestly it was it was <laughs> not that yes, it, well, yeah, yes. when he went to Juventus. You can say that all you want, but that is not true. Oh, I, it's I remember definitely true. let's face it. <laughs> the way that he led that Real Madrid front line starting in like not even maybe it was like twenty fourteen, something like yeah. that. He just did, he did it with such, I don't know, aplomb. Like, he was so good. And then he just carried on and just kept winning things. Mm-hmm. I, totally changed my mind about, and he matured and totally changed my mind about so his saying, persona. So you're saying he carried the team on his back because he needed to, and he actually has been successful unlike yeah. some and he other puts, people. I think Joe, he puts I think, in the work. He I think does. Joe understands that as big of an ego Cristiano has, I think people really have a misrepresentation or mis, like perception of him. Because, of the because media. he's actually a really good guy. He may be a little full ego, of himself. Yeah, and, of course. You know, but he claims himself great, as the greatest. He can rightfully say that. But because he is a genuine person and he's a really good person and he's a great teammate. He's a great motivator. Yeah. He's a good example. But there's times where his ego sticks out and everyone's like, oh, here it is. Me, I love Cristiano Ronaldo. Not you know, Obviously, he's Portuguese and he's a great player, but I do sometimes get upset when he starts mouthing off, like bringing up his like five Champions Leagues and, oh, I'm the greatest of all time. Like, no, let other people... Do the talking, do the for, talking you. for you. Because you just do it on the pitch. People aren't blind. The, so. the thing that he just showed me that he's not only hardworking, because he puts in work, guys. We, we know we this. We know that, yeah. 
he just I just saw the way that he matured as the decade wore on and mm-hmm. totally changed my mind. That's that's Ronaldo. So he was our player of the decade. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm uh, going to I mean we have we there's so much we could talk about but the memories. Yes, of course. Of I'm the gonna, 2010s. Uh, let's there's so many, George. We get, let's let's just name a few. What were some of your favorites? The one that comes to my head is the Germany versus Brazil game semifinals in Maracanã. And the fact that they just destroyed them, and you could see all the fans just tearing. Yeah. You know, I crying, still have. Uh... And it was just like they knew, like, everything's just falling out of place, and it's just like there's nothing they can do, and everything was just falling apart. Yeah, that was. And you will always remember where you were when that happened. Now look at it. Then Portugal winning the Euro. Portugal That's winning one. the Euro was definitely for me. Oh, that was what the it best meant, thing in my moment of my life. To, what it meant to Portugal, I was uh, I was there in Lisbon that day. I was watching the game at Terreiro do Passo, um, that plaza with the big screen, the big jumbotron, whatever the hell you want to call it. Ice when that happened and at cafe. Yeah, it was one of the greatest greatest experiences, uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I guess sometimes going and watching a game at a piazza like that with oh, thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of fans. That's the it's, best. It's a great feeling. It's unforgettable, and it's there's no feeling like it. Joe, back. what about you, man? What's a, what's one memory for you that you won't forget? If I really had to pick a nice, a good moment for me where I was like, oh, wow. It had to be that ice-cold penalty that Pirlo took against Joe Hart. Because mm-hmm. then oh, after that, I feel like a lot of people didn't do, didn't do panenkas yeah. for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, Pirlo does it in 2012. And everyone started doing panenkas after that. So. Maybe maybe one more thing I could mention. Some of the upsets like Ajax, some of the young, like smaller Monaco clubs, 2017, Ajax 2018. Big, big runs. Tottenham last year. Tottenham last year, Cinderella which we'll never sword. see again. Lyon to start the decade because they yep. had to go to Real Madrid in the round of 16 and knock them out. AS right. Roma two years ago. AS Roma. Oh, yeah, that's right. They beat that's Barcelona. right. They're going, they're that, was a great, that was a great moment. Yeah, so... There's been some upsets yep. that happened. Croatia, way. Croatia, wonder, Croatia making it to the World Cup. to the World Cup final. I think that's also something really impressive no one really saw happening. You know, there's so many Cinderella stories, but unfortunately, all the Cinderella teams didn't win anything. Still awesome to it watch. It was great to It was great, great while it lasted. Well, great while no, they didn't win anything. They are they make football Eerie. great. That's why we watch it. Yeah, and they make and our you podcast. still talk <laughs> about it to this day. Exactly. exactly. We won't forget it. Yeah. You won't forget that. All I know guys is that this has been truly an awesome decade of football. We've seen some of the best football ever and some of the best players ever. And also you get to see other leagues. Too. That's a great point. Yeah. We've seen mm-hmm. VAR, we've seen goal line technology be implemented. Mm-hmm. We've seen that we could we could go on for literal hours with all of this stuff. But I got we we have <laughs> we're, running a, we, we're running a little overtime. But I just want to say thank you guys for listening to this episode. This this is really big for us and thank you George for coming on like, I can't thank you enough um, I want to wish everyone who's listening a happy new year and um, great health and I hope that we look forward to way more games in the future so what do you guys have any other closing remarks I yeah. say it was a great decade and it's great that you guys actually are going to go into a new decade as the podcast and I hope you guys continue on with it for the next 10 years. Oh, thanks, George. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, guys, this has been a great podcast. This is one of my favorite, this is probably my favorite episode that we've done. We just kind of not really talking talked about current events. We're just taking a walk down memory lane, talking about all the great moments, the bad moments, the all iffy moments. All for a Twitter question. All from a Twitter, Twitter question. All from a Twitter question. Thanks to you, George. I know. I um, love being Joe a special I, guest. I'm not going to lie. I love doing these things. It's that, fantastic. <laughs> that day when you asked us to, uh, um, when you asked us that question, we were like, this is like really tough. This is going to take a long time. And we just didn't have enough time to really put everything together. So Joe and I just were like, you know what? We'll make an episode. We'll do a decade long episode. 
decade review episode and then we'll invite you on and we're happy that you made it i know you're over there with your darth vader voice and i'm sitting next to joe who's r2d2 beeping throughout the entire episode but you know i'm glad you made it on and i'm happy that even despite not feeling 100 percent you're here and thank yeah, you for I following love this us podcast i subscribe to it so it's all good i want Thank you Listen for following us because you've been with us since day one. You were one of the first people that yeah. that were liking and commenting on our tweets, and we only have like twenty some odd followers, and now we're up to about five hundred now, which is awesome. So um, thank you, and it starts with people like you, and you've been here since the beginning, and we look forward to having you on again and, and talk I look more about to that in the next decade. <laughs> yeah, for the next decade. So. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So to the rest of this Cheers. podcast. I mean, to the rest of this Prosecco. And um, <laughs> we'll see you guys at next year. We'll see you guys next year. Happy New Year. And we'll see you then. See you. <laughs> Not your heart.